0: This is the Roaring Elfin podcast for the 26th of January 2016, a podcast about Apache Hadoop and the surrounding ecosystem for anyone you're working with or investigating big data. My name is Jon, and here's my co-host, Dave. Hi, Dave. Hello, Jon. So what have you been up to the last couple of weeks?
1: Well, it's it's the start of the year, and that obviously means lots of strategy and planning meetings, um, some with customers, some internal, You know, really working how, out how we can uh, kick the year off with a bang. Um, other things though going on I had a really interesting meeting uh, with one customer who was talking about their plans for the year and what they're planning to do um, and you know they started uh, started across a whole different uh, range of topics. but one of the topics we came towards the end of the meeting was around nifi a topic obviously uh, particularly relevant today, as we 'll be hearing uh, a bit from quite a bit from Joe Witt uh, later on in the episode. But they were interested in NiFi um, because they were talking about doing a lot of interesting stuff centrally, but uh, needing to document it and then actually roll it out in several regional locations. And the way they've kind of done this sort of thing previously is, you know, the way that you might expect people to document things. They write big, long documents. They draw incredibly complex Visio diagrams that nobody understands. And then, you know, people have to then go and implement, you know, maybe sample code or... Um, or actually, uh, have just examples of pseudocode that it then gets implemented by each region um, separately, which of course is terribly inefficient and uh, and you know as prone to failure as you can possibly imagine. Um, what they actually started looking at is actually their sort of design and documentation environment being the same as their implementation environment. So potentially using the the drag and drop nature of NiFi. To create templates that are actually implementable as uh, as technology for the regions. So uh, yeah,
0: interesting times. So do you basically mean they're using the front end for NIFI as a Visio look and feel? Um, so sort of, yeah. That's the that's that's it in the,
1: its most basic form. But what they're actually doing is they're putting enough uh, intelligence and code behind it so that it is actually something that can be. You know, literally drag and drop or import, um, and it can be up and running as a particular ingest uh, template within an individual region. So not just using it as a uh, high-level Visio, but actually having some intelligence and some smarts behind
0: it. So basically having a a self-explanatory deployment model. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, because when you talk about documentation, I was thinking everybody would have ac- have to have access to the, y- the NIFI front end, which isn't really what you want. And making screen dumps of that isn't really useful either. But uh, that makes sense, actually, the way you say it.
1: Yeah, so they're actually looking to create almost like a central repository of uh, NIFI templates that they can then uh, allow the, the regions to
0: have access to. So, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, let's hope they have some kind of... Uh, revision uh, management system so that if somebody changes something somebody else can change it back again
1: (laughs) indeed indeed how about you what's your what's your last two weeks been looking like
0: uh well pretty much similar to your things i think uh start of a new year means a lot of meetings a lot of setting up of stuff i have been able to see a bit of the world that's also nice and i've also been doing a bit of work on the podcast itself uh we should now actually be available on itunes hopefully if we're not there Stay tuned, we should be there very shortly, but if everything goes well, we should be up there and everybody should be able to listen to us. We did get some requests from people asking us to do this, and of course, we are very happy to do that.
1: Yeah, This, in fact, this this episode really marks the start of a, a whole coming out period where we're starting to get a bit more publicity behind us and uh, charging out into the world. So yeah, please feel free to share your news and love of the Roaring Elephant podcast
0: wide and across the world. Anything else for you, Dave? That's it for me. Okay, since everybody's probably tired of listening to us two, let's move on to the next section, which is much more interesting. See you in a bit.
1: Welcome back. As the main event for today's podcast, uh, here's an interview we recorded with Joe Witt, one of the key folks behind the Apache NiFi project. Okay, and we're back. So first of all, uh, we promised something new and interesting and different, and here we have our very first guest. So I'd like to introduce uh, Joe Witt, um, who's uh, Director of Engineering for HDF at Hortonworks.
2: Hey Joe, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. I can't promise to be new, interesting, or different, but uh, I appreciate uh, you uh, inviting me here. No problem
1: at all. So, Joe, tell us uh, a little bit about yourself.
2: Uh, So, I've been a software developer now for um, 12 or so years. Uh, Of that, um, about nine of them working on NIFI. Uh, So, I've been very focused on this uh, data flow problem space for quite a long time. Um, And now I'm a director of engineering at Hortonworks, focused on Hortonworks data flow. Uh, which is powered by Apache NiFi. So NiFi really is your baby, pretty much.
1: Yes. <laughs> great.
2: So uh, I have three other babies that are more my baby than this baby. <laughs> <laughs> this is your software baby. This is my software baby. Okay, good yeah. stuff. So um,
1: you know, for those that don't know uh, a great deal about NiFi, can you tell us a little bit about it?
2: Yeah. So uh, the, the the short answer is it's designed to uh, manage the flow of information. Uh, so most organizations have systems deployed um, in a variety of data centers, uh, locations, organizations, and so on. Uh, and NiFi's pure focus is how can I help them manage the flow of information between those systems to automate the flow of information specifically.
1: Okay, and so how does how does that actually work? what What's the what's the architecture behind it? Uh, so
2: NiFi uh, today is tied to the Java Virtual Machine. So wherever we can put a Java Virtual Machine, uh, we can run the application pretty much. Um, And the core idea was if what we want to be good at is connecting systems, there are all kinds of different systems out there. Uh, They have different scale, not just scale up, which we all like to talk about and focus on because, you know, big scale is awesome, but also scale down, which still matters, right? Data starts on small systems in many cases. It starts in small environments in many cases. Uh, And so NiFi from the very beginning was designed to be extremely easy uh, from the moment you grab the bits to the time you're up and running and actually starting to uh, manipulate and interact with the with the flows. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I hear talk about the jagged edge,
1: you know, data coming in from the jagged edge. What, what does that, you know, what does the jagged edge mean to you? Uh,
2: to me, jagged edge means uh, that you can't really predict or um, ensure this, like, nice, groomed, prepared environment uh, that you need to provide a solution that can go pretty much wherever it needs to go. Um, As I mentioned, for for different organizations, what small means to them is very relative. Um, What the sort of edge, or or, really maybe a better way to describe edge is is it's where data's life cycle begins. And that is a very relative statement. In some cases, that could be geographically far away. It could be in a connected vehicle, or uh, it could be uh, right in a data center. And then it doesn't really sound like an edge from a jagged edge perspective. Um, But it is all relative, and our focus is, we want to help manage the flow of information essentially with no excuses. Wherever the data's lifecycle starts, we want to be there and immediately start um, providing that um, data flow management and the value added things that we're specifically doing around that problem. Got it,
1: got it. So, can you, can you tell us a little bit about how NiFi came to be, how it came to be
2: created? Yeah, so I was working uh, in the government. Um, it was about uh, 2006. Um, and my job actually wasn't to do software development, it was to connect systems. Um, and I was very unhappy. <laughs> um, I, I was writing a lot of scripts, uh, which I sort of enjoyed because I was a computer scientist and software developer uh, from an academic and training perspective. And, and who doesn't lo- love writing scripts, right? Indeed. Uh, but what I found is um, if I'd go back to them a month later, uh, it was as if it was written by an alien. Uh, and uh, that was really annoying. Um, and so I just felt like I was wasting a lot of time It was even worse when I'd have to pick somebody else's script up and try to figure out what it was doing and make it more efficient or, um, you know, fix uh, errors, make it more reliable. Um, And so patterns of data flow and connecting systems just became sort of obvious to me. Um, And it was at a time when everybody started to focus on some of the ideas of of big data. And, you know, a lot of the kind of um, developer mindshare was shifting in that direction. And I just got really excited about this data flow problem. Uh, and nobody else really cared, <laughs> so uh, you know I just kind of worked on it myself for a couple of years um, and then started getting help from really, really talented developers and that kind of grew from there
1: so can you tell us a little bit about the the sort of the whiteboard analogy between the the user interface and and how everything works together
2: yeah, so kind of the story behind that is uh, I would go uh, on these you know work trips and get things set up. Um, make data flows work well, and then I would come back, and then the managers would ask me for data flow diagrams. And I would dutifully bring up, you know, Microsoft Visio or some tool similar to that and design the data flow, like show them a visualization of what happened. And uh, I didn't mind that part, actually. Uh, what I disliked is, you know, a week later when it was inaccurate because we had made changes to the actual flow. And so um, it really just became obvious to me that, A, why am I spending all this time drawing this visualization, um and then, you know, having that be a separate activity from building the code and then them getting out of date. What I'd really like is it's pretty darn easy to build a flow diagram. I wish that was actually making the data flow. Um, and so that's really what drove the user experience that we ended up with for NIFI was. I wanted that same visio like user experience, but for somebody managing data flows. Um, and we also wanted to make it so that you didn't have to be a programmer to build things. Uh, that reliably connected systems. There was just a lot of problems that we could solve at like a platform level. Yep. Um, yep. And so that was, that's basically the genesis of it was just making that job easier. Uh, because there were a lot of people that did the same thing I did um, and wasted the same awful amounts of time that I wasted. <laughs> um, and so it was really just a, how can I make my job easier? Yeah.
1: Yeah I mean when when people start to talk about connecting systems you know flows of data they always or almost always start with a whiteboard and they start you know doodling boxes and lines connecting these boxes and and you know that's just what the the uh, the NIFI user interface looks like you know it's it's a exact representation of that so it, it's very easy for you know non technical people to very you know quickly and easily pick that
2: up and yeah. understand how that all hangs together Yeah and it's tricky because in the developer community Um, the data flow problem just sounds like seductively simple. Um, In in many cases, it almost sounds trivial um, until you start doing it. And then more importantly, until you start maintaining them. Yeah. Um, And you make these little tweaks over time and then it just becomes a hairball, right? It becomes just really complicated. Uh, And so we wanted to start managing the complexity from the get-go. How do you make it so that you can actually see what's happening? Being able to visualize the data flow completely changes how you manage and maintain them. Because, frankly, once they start to look bad, right, once they start to look complicated, you look for ways to simplify them. Um, If you have scripts or code uh, doing that instead, it's a whole different animal because the amount of time it would take to clean it up and refactor it, um, you know, in in those cases can be really prohibitive um, and, frankly, kind of pointless because it's really just the developer that sees that and experiences that. Uh, With NIFI, we wanted to raise the, the bar quite a bit and make it easier for a lot more people to be um able to see the flow, understand the flow, interact with it. Um and at that point you're pretty motivated to change it because it's not just you embarrassed by what you've done, right? <laughs> um you're exposing that complexity to others and that helps kind of enforce um kind of a ruthless focus on simplicity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, if if you're if your if your diagram looks ugly, then
2: you you're going to want to clean it up. Yep. It's just human nature to want to do that pretty much. It, it brings out some really funny uh psychological uh, uh quirks in people. <laughs>
1: So, um, you know, how and why did did Nifi move into open
2: source? So we had been developing it for eight plus years. Um, it had uh, pretty significant usage, um, and you know the core point there was how do you maintain uh, software effectively over time? Um, and the the core decision that was reached was uh, to make it available to the open source community so that we could build up. Um, and frankly, improve and mature the product better than we could do it, um, in a closed source environment, which is how it spent its first eight years. Um, so it was frankly a really simple goal and I think the results have been awesome. Uh, the community growth we've seen, the, the quality improvements that have gone into NiFi in just the last 12 months alone, um, I think really validate and prove out that there's a tremendous value, even for software that started its life in the closed source environment, moving it out into an open community. Yep. Um. It's uh, frankly, as somebody who's never had the opportunity to participate in open source, uh, I think it's awesome. Just being able to see how the community grows and what that does to the uh, to the software itself—it's been it's been really very impressive. Yeah,
1: power power of open source innovation, right there.
2: Yep. Uh, I, frankly, I I would argue that we've trumped in the last twelve months, um, you know, productivity and innovation than we had trumped in, or that than we had accomplished really in the preceding uh, several years, really. Amazing. Amazing. Um,
1: so, obviously, uh, NiFi came out, um, it became an open source project, and then Onyara was founded. Mm. How, did, how did that all sort of uh, all work together?
2: Um, so, I, I think the core idea was there were several of us that had been involved in NiFi for a long time. Um, and, uh, you know, I think we realized that there was uh, a, a lot of need. You know, it came out of the intelligence community, but it was not really an intelligence community thing. Um, connecting systems cuts across every industry, every problem domain. Um, And, you know, I, I personally have spent a lot of time over the last eight years paying attention to the landscape um, products in that space, what they were doing, what they weren't doing. Um, I'd even gone to conferences and talked to people about what I saw and Hey, what if you did this? Um, And it just seemed like there was a real opportunity there. Um, And um, so I, I think frankly, it was just a really good timing situation for all of us. we were at a a good point where hey the software is now available um, it's in kind of a anyone can take it and, and build on it sort of environment and so we thought hey why not us
1: all right uh, and then of course anyara was was then acquired by Hortonworks. and so how how did that sort of transition
2: go um, so I think uh, you know initially it was just uh, connections of people that you know kind of ended up getting us to uh, to have the executive team hear our message um, and I think Basically, what I think happened is the what we were describing and the vision that we were communicating for Anyara and for Nifi and for this sort of data flow problem as a whole just frankly fit really nicely into what Hortonworks is doing yep um and so I think at that point it just became a, you know what can we do to make this happen um and uh, it went really quickly
1: <laughs> yeah yeah went went from sort of um hearing about it to sort of actually you know playing with the tech and it it being sort of in place very, very quickly from a, from a consumer point of view.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, Hadoop is awesome, right? Um, and there's a lot of very interesting uh, technologies in and around Hadoop. Uh, and obviously, analytics and machine learning, all of these are really interesting spaces, problem domains. But the reality is they're all completely useless without really high quality data. Yeah. And on the flip side of that, all we focus on on the NiFi side is how can we get Really high quality data <laughs> to those kinds of systems. Yeah. Uh, frankly, we were born right next to and grew up next to Hadoop, um, so it's a really nice fit, really natural story. Um, and uh, you know, it's all about driving data into those uh, analytics uh, and storage platforms where they can do more interesting things with it. Yeah, um, and that data flow problem we believe is is quite a lot harder than people have realized. Yeah, 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 absolutely.
1: So, uh, you know, in retrospect, looking back at these kind of things, how, has, how do you think things have evolved from, you know, NiFi being essentially a, a, a top-secret piece of technology through to
2: now it's, it's available to the entire world? Yeah, I mean, uh, NiFi itself was born in a, a classified or intelligence ca- uh, kind of environment, but the software and the technology and our approach to it as a team and as, you know, people working on it really was never a classified thing. Um, it always started with a mindset of making it very available We even operated as kind of like our own little uh, open source environment. Um, And frankly, that worked really well because we got contributions inside from people who, frankly, were way smarter than we were um, and really helped us, right? They helped us uh, make it a lot better. They saw even a bigger vision than we saw. and um, So we benefited greatly from those kinds of contributions, even internally. Um, So honestly, the transition was, in that sense, trivial because for us, the culture was never... A top secret culture or a classified culture it was a um, you know this is software which is helpful to a tremendous range of problems yeah um, and so it, I think the short answer is there really was no transition in that sense does that make sense
1: yeah yeah so you, really it was just for you it was a case of we're just broadening the community that's except it. from from the community bit just being within you know the walls of an intelligence agency
2: it's now the whole world Right. I I, I would like to pretend that there's like an interesting story there, Um, but there really isn't. Right. Like it just it happened to come from a really closed and kind of interesting place. Yeah. Um, But the way we approached it there, the way the leadership there saw it and how we all operated was, frankly, a really natural transition um, to open source. Nice. Nice. That's great. So, I mean, I, th- I
1: think you've, you've covered, uh, or at least you've touched on this, but, you know, final question for, for, for this particular interview is, you know, really, uh, where does NiFi fit in the overall uh, big data ecosystem?
2: Yeah, I, I think I touched on it a moment ago. The, the way I look at this is our um, kind of our obligation or charge in the big data space is to feed the monster, Yep. right? Um, big data is predicated on having a lot of data to operate on, whether it's large or small or fast or whatever, uh, highly varied, you know, uh, we need to drive data into those big data systems so that they can do better analytics. Um, We need to do it in a way that allows them to uh, gain insights faster. Uh, And so our focus uh, really, truly stays on how can we get the right data to those systems as quickly as possible. And then... How do we help move the idea of big data being in some data center or in some set of data centers all the way to the very moment data is created? Uh, truly actionable insights start at the very moment data is created. Yeah, um, and so that's where I think we see ourselves fitting, um, and uh, uh, you know we're, we've seen frankly a lot of value be uh, generated doing that. Yeah. So the 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 concept of,
1: of basically solving the data ingest problem is is really one of one of Nifi's. Uh, major strengths?
2: Yeah, it, if we were to look at it from a really, really basic perspective, the very second an event occurs, um, we kind of start our obligation to uh, you know, get a hold of that data and then drive it to the various systems that it needs to get to as quickly as possible. Do it in a way that has security, so there's things like non-repudiation and integrity and so on. Um, but uh, also that we have a really strong chain of custody. We know where data went. Uh, we know what we've done to it. Um, We know what we learned about it so that we can, um, you know, improve those processes going forward, measure latency, things like that. Um, But then also make it manageable because these things aren't static. Data doesn't just get created and get driven into Hadoop. Uh, It gets driven into a variety of systems and you learn which data is more important than others. Uh, And so we really focused on management and security and provenance. as kind of like cornerstone features that we uh, provide going beyond just sort of the obvious data flow. Excellent. All right. Well,
1: thanks for that. Much appreciated. And uh, we'll catch up with you again soon. Thank you very much. Cheers, Joe. So I hope you enjoyed that session. Uh, We had a lot of fun recording the interview and Joe was a real pleasure to talk with. Um, We actually recorded two sections. uh, So you can hear the second half of this interview in four weeks time when we go into a more of a deep dive into NiFi, what happens behind the scenes how you can customize it, taking a look at different hardware options, all that kind of thing. In the meantime, please keep all those NiFi-related questions and indeed any other questions
0: flooding in. Yeah, I totally agree there. Joe was brilliant doing an interview. And the second part is even better than the first part, I would say. Indeed. welcome back in this last section of the podcast as usual we will answer some listener questions if you by the way have any questions you'd like us to answer on the podcast please do send us an email at podcast at roaringelephant.org, use our hadoopcast twitter handle or just go to our website www.roaringelephant.org and use the feedback form as we said earlier you can also find us on itunes now so if you enjoy our podcast please help us spread the news by leaving a review on itunes and give us a five-star rating please So, Dave, you have any questions?
1: Yeah, so we've got a a full bag of questions today. Um, So the first question is, uh, is this really as easy to use as it looks? It's meaning NiFi, I assume. Indeed, I believe so. Um, And uh, yes, because the topic is NiFi. So the uh The answer is yes. Um, I know that if you see sort of some video clips of it or uh, you know YouTube streaming of uh, you know Joe presenting on it maybe or anything like that, um, it, it possibly looks just too good to be true. Um, but you have to remember that you know, it's actually a pretty mature piece of technology. It's been around for over eight years. Um, it's had a lot of time and investment uh, plowed into it, and you know even the steps for getting it up and running there's a you know a tar file or a zip file. Um, that you can just uh, download and literally, as long as you've got a, a valid um, JVM on, me, on your machine, you can you know execute a startup script and away you go. Um, you can even spin it up locally on on your Mac if you've got something like uh, Brew in place. It's even easier than that. So um, there are, there are many ways to get uh, Nifi up and running. You know very quickly and easily and you know the the drag and drop interface the ability to just drag a couple of processors on with uh some feeds into them and uh you know flowing data from one place to another um it it really is as as simple as it looks and i think it's a it's a testament to the the great work the that the engineering team have uh, have put in there
0: yeah, totally agree there. Even if you're reaching the, the bandwidth of a single server, making it faster or bigger bandwidth, you can just add a second server without any problem. It's very easy as well. Just copy over the same schema and uh, it doubles your uh, throughput. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, the, the the other nice thing is the fact that you can, to a certain extent, you can scale up or scale out or a combination of, of the two, depending on, on what you're trying to achieve.
0: Yeah, yeah. And even though it's on a JVM, it's a very lightweight uh, little service. Doesn't really need much resource at all. I've seen it run on uh, Raspberry Pis almost. Yeah, yeah. Okay, next question: Is Nifi a part of Hadoop now? Well, no, it isn't. It's a, pro- it's a product that's very close to Hadoop because we see a lot of uh, Nifi use cases to ingest data into Hadoop. That's it's brilliant for that. But you can also use it for things totally devoid of Hadoop. So we see it as a part of Hadoop for this podcast, of course. But it has a very generic uh, area of applicability.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you can connect. Uh, you can connect to MongoDB. You can connect to you know syslog data sources. You can connect to you know in certain limited ways. You can connect to SQL sources. So there's there's you know any number of a variety of different sources you could be connecting up with NiFi. And in fact, some of the some of your NiFi stuff. No, some of your NiFi data flows may end up in Hadoop. Some of them may end up squirting into, you know, other um, sort of repositories or other
0: different platforms. And some might even start in Hadoop and go somewhere else. Very true, very true. Okay, next question, Dave. Uh, so the next
1: question that we came in uh, was, how do I get started with NiFi? Um, and really, it, it's, it's, you know, as we talked about earlier, it's one of the easiest things to get up and running. And that's that's really how I'd recommend you get started, just um either download the the zip or the tar file or if you want to spin it up on a mac you know and you've got brew installed uh, just uh brew install nifi um and really you know once you've got the web uh, interface up and running you can then start uh dragging and dropping some of the processors take a look at um some of the the sample examples that are on the nifi wiki for example um that should uh, give you some ideas of some sort of data flows you can build But, uh, yeah, just start playing with it, start linking uh, processes together, understand some of the concepts around it, and, you know, just start playing with it. Yeah,
0: and also, if you don't want to install it on your hardware, on your OS itself, just put up a small virtual machine and put it in there. It works brilliantly that way, too.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course, the the ever-ubiquitous cloud. Spin up a quick cloud instance, and away you go. No,
0: I wasn't really thinking about cloud, but more on my own laptop. uh, When I test out stuff, I don't really want to install it on my OS and then have to remove it again by putting it into a small VM in VirtualBox or VMware, whatever you have. You have a nice little jail to test out this stuff, and it's all RESTful, it's all uh, HTTP-driven, so you can really play with it that way. Yeah, very true. Okay, final question for today. Is NiFi an ETL tool? Next fact transform load tool. Um, well, uh, I guess with all the intelligence and flexibility in it, it could be, but I don't think it should be. And when we talk ETL, we mean ETL in the SQL sense of the of the way I think, how uh, a real database ETL. There's probably a dozen ways in NiFi to actually build a complete ETL tool chain in there, but I personally see it in NiFi more as a event processing tool where you can do some tagging, you can enrich it a bit perhaps, uh, encrypt, decrypt, all that kind of stuff. But real deep anal- analytic ETL, I really don't see it as a perfect uh, installation for that.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that you're absolutely right. The, the The thing that I probably would say is uh, ETL has a very heavily loaded um, set of meanings for a lot of different people. So it, it's, it's quite a, a, a whole, whole complex area all of its own. What I would probably say is Um, you know, something, you know, if you wanted to coin a term for it, I might coin the term micro ETL, you know, if you just want to, uh, you know, manipulate the format of timestamps, for example, as they're flowing through. So rather than, uh, you know, one particular format, you want everything normalized to a single format, you know, I would consider that some some form of micro ETL or micro manipulation. Um, But yeah, it's it's definitely not, uh, in my mind, either a fully fledged
0: uh, ETL environment micro-ETL. You heard it it here first, folks. Patent pending, I'm sure.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, so that's about all we have time for today. I hope you enjoyed this serving of big data, bite-sized. We'll be back in two weeks' time with a new episode where we'll be talking about all sorts of ways of ingesting data into Hadoop, covering uh, the many various options that are available. Until then, please go to www.roaringelephant.org where you can find out more information, send us your questions. And also, now that we're live on iTunes, please give us a five-star review. Um, It really helps us uh, drive new users uh, to the podcast and really broaden our audience. If you don't think we deserve the full five stars, then that's okay too. Please let us know via the feedback form on our website or via email to podcast at roaringelephant.org with any thoughts, comments, criticisms and other feedback. My name is Dave. And my name is John. And we look forward to talking to you in two weeks' time.
0: Goodbye. Take care.